Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Everyone, welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Lauren. As the introduction said, thank you for joining us again. I am very excited about our two guests today. They are awesome pinballers. They are sisters, and they hail from my hometown, Chicago, Illinois. Please help me welcome Rachel Carlick and Rebecca Hinsdale. Yay! Hi! Yay! So glad hey. to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, this is very cool. All of our technical stuff came together. We're making this work. I can actually see them. So I'm very excited. So I can kind of read faces and not talk over people. That's always like, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. And there's more editing time, more editing time. <laughs> um, but you you guys, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited you're here. We're going to talk a lot, of, a lot about Pinball Expo because that just happened this past weekend. We're recording this on the 22nd of October. So you guys are coming off the Pinball Expo. Expo High. Um, so we'll talk a bit about that later on. Uh, we'll talk some news. But first, I want to hear about you guys. So we'll start with you, Rachel. Rachel, tell us your pinball origin story, uh, how you came into pinball and where you're at today. I played a little bit of pinball as a kid, like we all did, you know, here and there. Um, but I think when I was a little older, like college aged, there were a little more pinball machines around. Um, so we would play here and there at our favorite bars. Um, in Kalamazoo. And then there was like a medieval madness at one of the bars we used to go to and an attack from Mars. So we used to go there and play. And it was always very casual. And we really liked it. Um, and then I moved to Chicago. And it was that weird slump of time where pinball started disappearing from public spaces to play. So a friend of, I, a friend of mine and I used to drive around Chicago just looking for places to play. Um, but I would say I got into competitive pinball uh, probably about four or five years ago, and that was spawned from Logan Arcade here in Chicago because they had a place where there was a league going on. You could actually play against players and pay attention to your score. Um, and I, I had one pinball machine at the time when they became – I had bought uh, Who's Tommy at an expo, you know, way back, and um, – so I had a machine, but I wasn't really competing against other players. And that, that was really what got me down the rabbit hole. I think the first tournament that was IFPA sanctioned was there at Logan. And then I was like, what is this IFPA thing? <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, welcome, my friend. <laughs> and that kind of just basically sent me on the spiral. <laughs> it, it's, it, it is. It's totally true. <laughs> They're like, welcome to the rabbit hole. <laughs> it's, yes, yes. Sure. Uh, I, I was told to, like, you should find a hobby, find something you love. And then now I've got a podcast, I'm running a league. And yeah, that was not like what, <laughs> what someone intended when he says, like, right. find, a, find something you, you're interested in. I'm like, I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. never be sorry. <laughs> you definitely improved my life. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I've met the coolest people ever in pinball. And, and I had this whole other pinball family. What did I do before pinball? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple nights a week devoted to pinball now, yeah, you know. True. Mm-hmm. Yes. 90% of my social life revolves around pinball and I'm totally not sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, let's hear from you. Sure. Well, I mean, obviously we're sisters, so there's some of that kind of plays in with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like Rachel, when I was a kid, when we would go to arcades, I never trusted the arcade machines because, um, you know, you'd get through the first level and you'd be like, oh, I'm really good at this. And then all of a sudden it would get just arbitrarily hard for no reason. Um, and I always thought that it was the computer cheating me, <laughs> but so as a child, me. right. But as a child, like pinball never changes. Like it is a machine. You could see what's happening. Like there was never any, you know, in my formative brain, I never thought that pinball could cheat you, you know, because it's not like it would suddenly get really different. It's still the same machine. It's still in front of you. And if you lose it, it's your fault because it's a mechanical thing. Um, So, but it wasn't until college um, that I started getting into it. Um, Rachel and I actually went to the same school. Um, We were different about three years. So she was kind of leaving college when I was coming in. Um, And I 
used my sister's ID to get into the <laughs> bar. And we, um, the bar that we love to go to had a scared stiff and it was just, you know, the perfect machine. <laughs> so we would go and play and have beers and hang out. Um, and then, um, you know, when she moved to Chicago, um, I heard through her about the expo. And so my pinball experience at the time was just once a year going to this amazing place where there was like hundreds of machines on free play and you could just play all night. And, um, it was super cool. And then I, I moved to the Bay area, um, and still loved pinball, but it was, again, it was kind of before the real huge resurgence. Um, and now the Bay area is just like insane for pinball. It's so great. I wish it was like that when I was there, um, moved back here to Chicago and, um, you know, all of my friends were in pinball. Um, my sister, you know, I was sort of new to Chicago, just knowing her. So I started playing, um, also in the Logan arcade league and, um, similar path that just, you know, snowballs into this, um, you know, uh, amazing, competitive, fun experience. Um, I, you know, it, the competitive part of pinball hasn't been until relatively recently, I'd say within the last two years, I've started to get into it competitively. Um, and I do think that some of the women's elements have really helped that as well, kind of boosted my confidence a little bit and playing competitively, um, you know, really made me feel like I had a place. Um, and, you know, I'm just starting to, you know, I went to my second Pinburg this year. Um, and the expo that just, that we just had was the first time I actually played in the flip out, um, was a little intimidating when it was in the hallway and it was like, you know, pay for play kind of stuff, um, where I was just like, I don't have enough money to get (laughs) enough score to qualify anywhere on this thing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful rabbit hole in which I hope I fall infinitely into. Well, awesome. I love your background stories, ladies. Let's jump into some pinball news. Yay. The first thing uh, that came out, which I was kind of excited about, I was I couldn't believe they had waited to present the art, but I'm like, what? Okay. Um, and that is the Willy Wonka Collector's Edition that just came out. Did you guys um, see the pictures of that at all? Briefly. Yes, very briefly. And I can actually pull it up and look at it right now just so I so I know what we're looking at. All right. So I'll like give a brief description for our listeners. So they're individually numbered up to 500. It has candy red armor and trim, candy red play field wire forms, mirrored tricolor light animated topper, uh, exclusive mirrored black back glass, custom um, cabinet art, the everlasting gobstopper shooter rod, which is really cool. Um, exclusive play field with sparkle candy highlights. I'm all about the sparkles. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, side interior, they put in some blades. Um, there is uh, the Red Most Secret Machine, the Laser Cut Rule Card, special under cabinet LED lighting. I don't know if I'm a fan of that, but we'll go on. <laughs> Custom game speech by Julie John Cole. And the plaque, um, there's also a plaque included that was signed by Pat Lawler, Jack Ganeri, Peter Ostrom that played Charlie Bucket, Julie John Cole who played Veruca Salt, and Paris Tiemann who played Mike TV. And the you can have all of this for the lovely price of twelve thousand five hundred dollars. So, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's the Bentley of pinball machines. Yeah. Like, what does the right. regular Willie go for? If I remember correctly, I want to say it's eight five. Yeah, I think yeah. it's usually about eight. Usually, yeah. Right. Then that's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has a lot of things, but I know it's missing the thing in the back, the elevator, it's missing the, you know, obviously the trim and all that stuff and the cabinet art's a bit bleh. I was like, you should have Gene Wilder on it. Why not? But I mean, this is everything. Like if you are the ultimate Willy Wonka fan, you should get this. I mean, if you have $12,000, well, if you have $12,000, you could send that to me. (laughs) (laughs) You can give them daily updates of your beautiful machine. (laughs) I can. I am very, very happy. Thank you for making me so happy. But no, it's a super cool machine. I'm not gaga over the Willy Wonka theme. I mean, I like it. I've spent a little time on it when I was out actually in LA. I got a chance to go to Ace Goji and play on their Willy Wonka. And I liked it. I just wish I had more time on it. Have you guys had a chance to play Willy Wonka at all? 
Yeah, I I think it's really fun. I like it. I think the theme is pretty cool because um, I've always liked the old school movie Willy Wonka. I'm glad they didn't do the newer Willy Wonka. Yeah, uh, agreed. They, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> they they really could have like with they could have the way things go. You know, where they're like, oh, well, this is the relevant new one or whatever. Right. I really like the old one with Gene Wilder. I love the colors. I think the gameplay is pretty cool. It's got a pretty deep rule set. Uh, as I play it more, I kind of start to understand it a little more. And there's a lot to do in there, you know. So much to do. Um, the Jersey Jacks are always like that, though, you know, where there's hundreds of things going on and your your display just has all sorts of things that you're working on. It's a bit brutal. I mean, um, uh, you know, I do recall playing and having a lot of expletives with the left drains, um, you know, but we don't want it to be too easy, obviously. Um, there's actually a, a Willy Wonka. Um, we have a, a, a sort of a team for funsies, not for points kind of league here in Chicago. And um, each team kind of plays at a different bar and then you play at your home bar and then at a way bar, sort of like a, like a bowling league kind of thing. Okay. Um, and so there is a Willy Wonka. Um, and, um, you know, I think it plays very similar to what you would expect from Jersey Jacks, the, the, the flipper, um, you know, the, the feel of the ball is a little bit different than a stern. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's beautiful. It's colorful. It's, um, got a lot of, um, licensed content in it. And, you know, that's another thing that I think is really a big deal is, you know, there are so many, um, snippets from the movie. There are so many call outs. There's so many connections to the movie itself. It's not, um, they, they definitely didn't cheap out on the, the licensing aspects of it, which I think for a, somebody that may not necessarily be into pinball, but is super into, um, Willy Wonka would really enjoy that about the game. Um, and um, I, I would have to disagree on, on the LED thing because I actually have LED uh, oh, lighting with my pinball machines as well. And I think it's like a cool, like, ooh, ooh, let me turn on the lights and turn on a different <laughs> color. Hey. But um, it's definitely more of a flashy, like, you know, doesn't really add anything to the game. Um, but if you're going to, you know, you're going to drop 12 grand on something, you know, it's going to have all the bells and whistles. Um, I did see the, um, the Gobstopper plunger at um i think midwest gaming classic had the the one one of them that had the the gobstopper and it's super cool it gets it's it's a nice touch for sure yeah i just i'm not about the led but you know it look it does look cool it's just not my thing but it's overall i agree with you guys i mean I thank God they didn't do the johnny depp one yeah i was just like Mm -hmm. what have you done i think it's a great machine overall i've enjoyed playing it but you're right the first couple of games i played on i was like oh good god <laughs> it's <laughs> very overwhelming at first for sure you know you're yeah. just like uh, uh, uh you know and you get a couple of multi-balls you're like uh how did i what what what's this you know so um that's cool actually one of the other things that i noticed at um mgc this year um that i actually think is kind of a cool way of displaying the rule set was uh, Jersey Jack did have sort of a poster that was a, a flow chart of yes, all of before. the modes. And I thought it was so helpful. I, I would love to see more of that from other manufacturers of just kind of, you know, I know a lot of times mm-hmm. Stern will tend to, um, you know, release a game with sort of abbreviated code and then just generally update the code as they go um, from feedback from players and, you know, kind of once they get kind of an idea of sort of balancing scores and things like that. Um, and I would really love that for that to become a trend where there's flow charts of, okay, you know, if you want to go this route, if you want to go this route and you can kind of, as a player determine, you know, what's your best course of action in terms of getting points and, you know, progressing through the game. And, um, it just visually, it's a lot easier than opening something that has like, you know, 25 pages of things that you're just kind of like, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a lovely PDF for you to read through. And, and whereas I'm, Oh, I can follow this flow chart. It's, that's something that Jersey right. Jack has done that I really like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I kind of give them bonus points for that. So that's really cool. Um, the other kind of piece of news that I, I wanted to ask you guys, because I know you might have seen it while you were at Expo, was the brand new Medieval Madness topper for the Chicago gaming re-release of Medieval Madness, that sculpted thing. And for our listeners, I will include a picture in the show notes. What So how, what was it like in real life? Because it looks cool in the photos. It is 
amazing. It is basically like somebody took the artwork and 3D printed it. I mean, it is just Dang. gorgeous. It's amazing. Um, and I'm going to pull it up so we yeah, can look at it. Yeah, I didn't see it. it in real life. Aww. I missed it. I missed it. Um, I definitely saw it, and it is just killer. So those toppers are for the newer Medieval Madness re-release, and they're made by Chicago Gaming, you said? I don't know if they're necessarily made specifically by them, but they were for the re-release. For that, yes. That's what I was trying, like, before... I had seen the pictures on This Week in Pinball. Thank you, Jeff. Um, but I don't know who made the topper specifically. Um, so I was trying to figure that out, and I couldn't figure it out before we went to record. So it's like, eh. But wh- whoever did it, they look amazing. I mean, that topper was, I'm like, I don't even owe Medieval Madness, but I kind of want the topper. Like, yeah. You can yeah, hang the topper up in your in your game room or use it as a trophy for someone, you know? Oh, my God. That would An be the best trophy. expensive trophy. trophy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. I'm like, <laughs> that I mean, be- it's it says something where you know, because where I saw it was, um, you know, I mean, obviously the expo they've got, you know, the huge Elvira launch, and there's just this this huge cavalcade of stern presence um, for it to, you know, show up and just be something that we can still talk about is is pretty great. Well, and sometimes I see toppers and I'm not a big topper person, um, but I, it, this is something I would buy. Like I would get, if I had a medieval madness, I would buy this topper. It yeah. is that awesome. But, it, but for me, it really needs to go a step above. Whereas now we're talking, you know, we'll talk about the other topper that debuted at Pinball Expo and that's the Black Knight sort of rage topper, which was cool because it lights up and it makes sound. But to me, after seeing the medieval madness sculpted thing, it just seemed a little flat. Like I'm like, okay, it's cool that it lights up and it makes sound and stuff. But I was kind of like, well, me, like me. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I need to see it in person because I am just looking at a video, y'all. I'll include a video in the show notes, um, so you guys can make your own judgment. And I mean, it's cool, but it's not medieval madness topper cool. I was like, yeah, it's not well, quite. There. It seems like. If you saw that, you might be like, well, maybe I'll hold uh, I'll hold out for maybe a sculpture. Yeah. Definitely. If you saw it, you'd be like, well, maybe another <laughs> one will come out that'll be better. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. I'm showing Rachel a picture. Uh, um, if, if um, uh, for reference, I, I believe um, Dead Flip posted a 3D picture of the topper on his Facebook oh, nice. uh, page. So it's kind of like nice to kind of. Oh, it's 3D. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And it looks like uh, it's pretty high quality and uh, something that you could never make yourself, basically. Yes, basically. That's a huge. That is true. That is very true. A it, huge rule is like, I want a topper that looks like I could not make it myself. And exactly. It's, you know, he, the king has got this amazing, like, falcon bird on his arm. It's just, it's really great. It's very cool. Yeah. So, uh, well done. Four stars. Four stars, six stars, 12 stars. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. So speaking of ladies, tell me about Pinball Expo. So who was it that this is your second expo? So uh, Rebecca, this is my second expo. uh, It's not my second expo. I've gone to actually multiple expos. This is the first time I've actually played in the expo tournament. Um, so I've been as sort of a casual player have shown up and been somewhat intimidated by the tournament strategy. Um, and this year they actually, um, you know, Stern Pinball, um, as well as Marco Specialties, um, and the tournament TDs, um, basically kind of joined forces and created a really amazing pin lounge and flip out area. So, you know, in previous years, um, you know, I know a few, you know, quite a few years back, it was at a different hotel. It's been at the Westin and Wheeling for, you know, at least the five, you know, plus years. Um, and it's always been sort of in the hallway, the tournament area. And they actually moved the tournament area into a, a room in which, um, you know, there were seats, there were little lounge areas that people can sit in. Um, you know, obviously this, I believe is the second year that they've had, um, a, a digital cube that the never drains by Carl D'Angelo, um, was a way that, that people could actually queue up for machines and it was so smooth. Um, and you know, a really great 
experience. Um, it just, I just feel like it, it brought it to the next level. It actually made it feel like, okay, this is a real legit tournament. This is, you know, for all the marbles, this is, you know, a pro, you know, circuit event that you can, um, that you can participate in. Um, and I think it was, you know, um, kudos to all the people that, that kind of made that happen. Um, definitely, um, a huge amount of dedicated machines, um, there were some surprises, you know, they threw in a new Elvira into the tournament play, which oh, wow. was surprising. Cause it's like, nobody's ever, you know, it yeah. just came out just recently. Um, and they also threw in the, um, the new Stern, um, Star Wars home pin as one of the tournament oh, okay. machines. So there was a little, some wild cards in there, you know, some machines that people don't play very often. Um, lots of machines that were doubles of, so qualifying was relatively quick. Um, I probably breezed through my 12 entries. A little too too fast because I didn't qualify very high, but um, I, I did a lot. You know, I had to work pretty hard <laughs> um, after that. But um, overall, amazing. Um, and then, of course, you know, this year was uh, the first year in over a decade that there was an actual dedicated women's um, tournament, um, and we had an entire section. We had dedicated. We had five dedicated machines, um, and Rachel, you know, basically headed up the team on site. Um, to make a really amazing um, women's tournament experience for for us as well. So Rachel, how did you bring that together? I mean, since it hasn't been at Expo for a while, this was the 35th annual Pinball Expo. For those of you who are listening who aren't aware, this is it. Like when it comes to pinball events, this is like the one, it used to be just a manufacturer type show, but now it's become like mm-hmm. the ultimate pinball event particularly for the manufacturers, but also for pinheads as well. But Rachel, what made you kind of say, I want to bring back the women's events? I, it, was there something in particular or did you just decide it's time? Well, here at Bells and Chimes, we were kind of tossing around the idea of having a women's tournament, um, but we didn't really know how to go about it. And then Expo actually did reach out to us about running a women's tournament. So they kind of pushed us towards that. And we were kind of hemming and hawing about format. And in the past, they have had women's tournaments, but they've been a little lower key. You know, you have like a group of maybe 20 people that show up at a certain time and buy in. And the prize is probably like, a you know, a, a trophy and 50 bucks. But we decided to kind of do mimic the format of flip out a little bit and have it open qualifying. And, you know, you can purchase more entries and that kind of brought our prize pool up. We um, definitely it felt a little more large scale than they had had in the past. Um, so I think that we just kind of discussed it together and put together a schedule that wouldn't compete too badly with the main tournament. We want to make sure all of our players were able to play in all of the available tournaments and not just have to choose women's or choose mains. That was challenging. That's why we ended up having our final on Friday night uh, so that we could kind of get all of that out of the hatch and let people um, continue the mains as needed. But, you know, this year it was so great. There was streaming. There were a lot. I felt very supported with uh, the other members of Bells and Chimes, the other founding members. You know, we all chipped in and helped out. Um, and it was, I'd, I'd say it was just a group effort. I think there's a lot more women in pinball here now competitively. Um, and it was just time to kind of make a main, mm-hmm. a main tournament out of it instead of a sideline tournament. And that's what it really felt like when I, you know, I was trying to watch the, as much as a stream as I could. Um, I, I had a tournament here locally that I was getting ready for, but it was like it wasn't a sideline event. And that's something that I've talked mm-hmm. about with other TDs and organizers. Oh, we're going to tack on the ladies three strikes tournament, you know, in the middle of the afternoon. You guys right, can show right. up if you want. Oh, really, guys? Yeah. It, wasn't a, it wasn't an afterthought. You know, it was a, a exactly. conscious decision to make it legitimate. And because of the work that Rachel did with the, um, you know, Trent and the, the tournament directors and, and, you know, Fred Richardson with, with Marco getting us, you know, dedicated machines and a dedicated space and signage. And, you know, um, because of the format, you know, we, the, we were able to do a payout, like first place won almost a thousand dollars, you know, and for a, for a women's tournament, that is probably, you know, other, other than like sort of Northwest pinball, like that's probably one of the largest, women's tournament payouts that I know of, you know, um, first place was almost a thousand. Second place was like $500. You know, there was a signed Elvira play field that was also part of the first place, um, 
um, package. So it was really, you know, it, it felt really good. It felt like, you know, we're here and we're part of this and we're not, we're not a side note. We're not, we're not an afterthought. We're not just getting a certificate for, you know, things for your participation. Well, and I think that the ultimate goal for having kind of a large scale women's event is to just get more women into the sport. You know, yeah. uh, we are the minority in the sport. And I think that it's, it's not necessarily that we need to, need to be separate from the co-eds, but that we just want to be separate. We want to have just an extra event and mm-hmm. we want to have an event where, uh, players can enter and it's a little different of a feel, you know, right, right. I don't know. And plus, because we had specific machines that were dedicated to us, they did play differently. So, um, you know, that factors into the adaptability of the players as well. So, you know, um, um, and that was something that, you know, during the stream, when we were doing the finals that, you know, it was really nice that um, the stream factored in um, both male and female players to kind of talk about, the finals as they were happening. So those of us that were able to play on those machines could, could comment on, Oh yeah, you know, they're playing the Elvira, but it plays very differently than the one that's in the main flip out. You know, the, you know, these are some of the variables in which these women are working through um, and are adapting to, they're adapting their play to. And um, um, overall, I think it was amazing. It was such an amazing experience to be a part of. Um, and um, 10 out of 10, do it again. <laughs> Yeah, we felt very supported. You're gonna be starting to plan the next one. That's what happens. That Absolutely. you're gonna take a it's little break. It's only gonna break. get bigger. It's only gonna get bigger. Like once, once more women hear about the payout, once more women feel that they are actually a legitimate competitor, that 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 the the tournament was taken seriously, that it was like this is a real division. This is a real tournament. This is something that you know was thoughtfully put together, um, factoring in the fact that. You know, we understand that the women are also playing in the main tournament, so we want to make sure that they can play in both successfully. Um, I just think it's just going to get more and more successful um, and bring more players into the realm. And again, you know, when we talked about with our origin stories, you know, a lot of female players, their origin story is I started playing with bells, you know, and it built my confidence in playing pinball. And, you know, it got me to learn in a comfortable environment to the point where I can now compete in more competitive, larger scale events um, and co-ed events and more um, high profile events, because I have built that confidence of knowing that I am a legitimate player that can really hold my own on, you know, um, and playing in these, these types of events. So. Yeah, no, it's so funny. I was like a little verklempt um, this weekend. They were doing the registration. So we have the Houston Arcade Expo coming up next month and um, three or four women besides myself are going. And, and that's not including all the guys that are going. San Antonio scene has exploded. And I'm not like, oh, you're awesome, Lauren. But it's because of Bells. Like they would never have thought like, let's go get in a car and drive to Houston three hours away and play in a giant ladies tournament. It never would have occurred to them. But because we have Bells or we yeah. have women's leagues and groups, you know, whatever they may be, you know, women feel more like, yeah, I can do this. And that makes me feel mm-hmm. good. And it's like, oh, it's like, that's it. I was like, yeah. you guys, it's like heart emoji, heart emoji. I was like, this is great. <laughs> so happy. Plus it's nice to have a tribe, you know, you go and you, yeah. you know, the more events I've, I've noticed, you know, especially with this expo, the more events I travel to, the more events I do, the more familiar people are. And, you know, Bell's for me and for a lot of other players was sort of a stepping stone to that was like, okay, I can go to this place and know five or six people, um, you know, or, you know, there's already an automatic connection. You know, you go to one of these events and you meet somebody from like Bells and Chimes Columbus or, you know, Bells and Chimes Austin. And you're like, oh, hey, you're in Bells. I'm in Bells too. Bells and Chimes Phoenix. Yay. And you already feel like you have a new friend, a new person that you can connect with because they kind of have similar interests and they kind of are this, this, you know, a club in a different city sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I, I definitely have noticed that going to more events, I feel more like it's, it's a small family of pinball players and I feel more comfortable going and knowing that I'm going to know somebody there and that I'm going to, to, to have a good time. So. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And believe me, I felt like it was very much, you know, I felt you only live once, fear of missing out. Because Tracy was, are you going to Expo? Are you going to Expo? And I'm like, no. I was like, I didn't plan this out correctly and I can't go. And she was like, oh, this is going to be the best. And then I see the pictures of her getting fourth place in the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Anna Neal, who won first place at the tournament. Way to go, yes. girl. With yeah. her fast box. And the play field thing was really cool. I was not expecting that oh yeah oh hey that's really neat yeah i mean yeah for sure signed by elvira yeah that looked Ooh. amazing so that was so neat were there other any big takeaways besides you know the ladies tournament which was amazing um that you guys like really liked about expo the things that you saw or was there something yeah. like really unique that so, kind of called out to you this year i really enjoyed all of the rooms of pinball i thought that they had a lot of amazing machines. It had, it was more spread out. So it, it didn't feel like you just went into one ballroom and there was like a good amount of machines and then one other side room. It felt like every ballroom at that Weston was full of pinball with the pin, the pin lounge. They had another room past the pin lounge that had all these obscuro games that I have never Weird seen Maddox, before. Like the Spanish ones. Yeah. Ooh, I heard those, about that. Those were nuts. And it was crazy because not a lot of people knew that room was back there. So you could they go had a BSD, there. of course. <laughs> you said yeah. you were a BSD fan. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's my jam. So much. And then they had this other like haunted pin room that had like weird haunted decorations. I didn't make it in there. It was actually a tournament, so it was a haunt. It's called the haunt arcade, and um, oh, that's cute. Uh, it was a tournament where you play and there, there's people in this haunted house that try and distract you and scare you while you're playing. <laughs> and each room has a pinball machine in it. And then the room is themed based on the pinball machine. Um, so um, it was pretty cool. I actually um, noticed the ratio, you know, because, you know, Stern and Marco sort of teamed up and they created the pin lounge, which was just, um, which is basically the, the, the flip out area and the pin lounge were just one big room that were sort of separated by kind of a, like a stage and an area. So the tournament games were on one side and then this huge Stern Marco booth in um, the other side. And it was open during, um, during the game hall. So, so when the vendor hall closed, you know, I know in previous years, you know, sometimes this can be kind of frustrating because, you know, you, you work nine to five, you know, you live in the city, it's about an hour away from the city, you know, you have to, you know, do rush hour traffic, then you get over there, you get in the vendor hall, and you have maybe an hour before the vendor hall closes at like midnight. Um, and then the game rooms are open 24 hours, but mostly those are games that people bring. And so this year, they actually had a stern room um, with gosh, at least 30 plus machines in there, including oh, wow. at least a dozen new Elviras that were open all night. Yeah. And I just thought that that was a huge, you know, a really good move on Stern to kind of say, look, like we want these players to play. We know that you know, the people that buy our machines are competitive players as well. And they're probably going to be playing competitively all day and qualifying all the way up until midnight. And if we don't put these machines in a room where they can play them after that, they just won't get a chance to play them. So I thought that was a really good move. And, um, and was, and, and because of that and the two game rooms that Rachel mentioned, there was a huge, a really nice ratio of players to games. So it didn't feel like you were kind of waiting to play. Yeah. I, I hate that's the worst. That's Such a so bummer. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. They had a crawl. They had a crawl. Yeah. So I saw the pictures of that. I mean, did you guys get a chance to play it or look at it? What'd you guys think? I got to look at it. I didn't get to play it. I didn't get to play it. Yeah. Yeah. There was always a so, line of, you know, a dozen people or so wanting to play it. So, but yeah, yeah, I just, I can't do the line thing. I'm like, I'll just go find something else to play. I'm right. like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. But what, what did you guys think about Elvira since you guys actually got to play it? You know, I haven't talked to anybody who's even seen one yet. So what do you guys think? I think it's really fun. It's I thought it had, fun. I feel like it has a lot of potential for software. I think they could really, uh, do a few updates and it'll be really cool. I thought it was pretty challenging. It's got a pretty open play field in the middle. So there's some, uh, some little drizzles out of those uh, bumpers. It can be a little tricky. Mm-hmm. You can bump, <laughs> bump it a little bit. Well, there's a, um, so, you know, you've got on the, the right side is the crypt, you know, and you hit that a couple of times and then you start like a deadhead kind of mode. But if you get it inside the crypt, the, 
the shootout is like this VUK that's on the right side that literally just shoots it directly into the slings. And so it's like, oh, and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. it's, it's kind of <laughs> terrifying. It's funny because it looks so simple. The, the layout of it looks like, but that's kind of what I feel like kind of brings it back to the original Elvira, like scared stiff. It has a similar vibe where it's like a, a chill play field with, you know, a couple ramps on both sides, not mm-hmm. too many bells and whistles, but that's what makes it center shot challenging. Center shot. And they, you could tell they were kind of setting the tilts a little loose on the floor games because of that, oh, because okay. you kind of have to, uh, you kind of have to be on your toes and you have to do a good amount of nudging. And I was noticing some of the ones out on the floor that were not the tournament games were definitely able to be nudged on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. They could have set the tilts tighter, but it was definitely because of those little kickouts that it has, you know, to keep you on your toes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Cassandra recorded all new content for the gameplay. Um, and I think there's over a dozen like B movie modes that you play in. Um, and there's just all these little nuances, you know, um, that I just know that as they get deeper with the code, we'll just get more and more, you know, I mean, Lyman is a master with code. So it's, it's just at the very beginning stages. This is the elementary stage of what it's going to become. Um, but even then um, it was super fun. Um, I didn't notice, I mean, there might've been one, but I didn't notice. I noticed that um, in some of their other launches, like when they did the black Knight launch, they had a couple of machines that had um, headphones um, you know, because obviously the sound and the music for Black Knight was super important with like the, you know, the guy from Anthrax and of course, you know, Steve Ritchie with his, you know, Black Knight voice that's just iconic. Um, and um, so I would have really liked to have had that experience to be able to really kind of hear some of the really cute, funny, you know, right. innuendo kind of stuff that, you know, Elvira, that's probably filled with it with Elvira. Um, so, so that's one thing that I would like to get more of. Um, there were a few machines that were kind of cranked, but when you're in a room full of machines, it's just kind of hard to, to really hear some of those nuances. So I'm um, looking forward to playing it in a, in a location where you can actually hear all of the little, you know, Elvira isms, you know? So. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited. I really like the look of it. I just, ha- I wanted to hear some more about the gameplay. So you guys have gotten me even more excited. I can't wait to see it next month at the Houston Arcade Expo. But speaking of amazing shots and tilting and all that good stuff, I told you guys before we started this that I was going to have to fangirl over my girl, Rachel, because <laughs> you guys remember, like, we had the Pinberg uh, recap with Laura Fraley, and I literally, like, was like, did you see it? Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And we, like, I seriously, I'm like, I don't know her, but she's just like, oh, my God. It was, like, the most amazing. And, like, I mean, first of all, Kind of so okay. Let me back up for all of you that don't listen to the show all the time. There was a very infamous game of Spanish Eyes, and she had like what I consider to be the best moment of that Pinberg, and probably one of the best saves I've ever seen. So, Rachel, I'm going to make you walk me through that moment. So, so you're playing, and you see it. What? Yeah. And so what was that moment like? You know how it feels. You're playing <laughs> this insane old EM. You know, it's very bouncy. It's very, it's a nudger. You just have to nudge and try not to flip on that game. Like, that was all I was thinking. I was trying not to look at the score. Um, but yeah, I got stuck under the right flipper. Uh, basically, I was like, well, this is one of those things where I'm either going to die down the drain or I'm going to die nudging it. So... Um, I think all I was thinking was just like slow flips to try to get the ball moving slowly enough to where when I nudge it, it would pop into the bumper. That was all I was thinking. Yeah. (laughs) It was like very simple thought process. (laughs) I'm watching the stream and I'm like, with the crowd, like (gasps) you hear everybody like the gasp and then like, yeah, and it's like this whole like cheering section. But I think my favorite picture and I and I think you were in it, Rebecca, was the picture of your like your your tribe, your group of people that were like cheering you on yeah. and everybody was just like, Oh my god. It was <laughs> yes. That moment was amazing. I mean, like, cause at the time, you know, setting the stage, so you know, um at the time, you know, Rachel walks up the the player before her had a game of Spanish eyes where I believe it was Laura that was doing the commentary was like, that's, this is like textbook 
one of the best Spanish eyes games I've ever seen. You know, Rachel walks up and he, it's, a, it's a one player game. So you got to watch you, you know, the, the, the fear of watching what somebody did before you and you're like, okay, well now it's my turn. I hope I can do it. <laughs> and you know, um, at the time of the infamous flipper trap, <laughs> Rachel had not surpassed the other score. So she was kind of in this position where she's like, okay, well, I, I might lose, you know, this might, this might be something where um, I lose it. And I just, I just, as a sister and as a pinball player and as everything, I mean, it's just like, I was on the edge of my seat watching and we're just like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. and then when she, when she did the little bloop, and it, it just and it came out and we're like ah! you know like freaked out and then she got the one um what's that little like loopy shot in the, the horseshoe shot. yeah the horseshoe yeah, horse shot shoe. she got that that shot her above yeah the other person's score and that it won I keep score. telling people who ask me about it I'm like well I had a Lazarus when you want to have a Lazarus all of us <laughs> pinballers you know we have that little dream of like what if I like get on a stream and I suck at pinball and I can't play and then that's, of course, going through my head all the whole time I was sitting up there waiting to play. And uh, if you're going to have a sweet little Lazarus, it might as, be when, might as well be when you have an audience watching it, right? Totally. That's the best time yeah, to have I mean, one. It is. It's usually like I'm by myself yeah. at the arcade. Nobody's watching. Like, right. No one's here. Did anybody see, see this? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Uh, no, but it, honestly, I it was one of the best moments of pinball that I've ever seen. So I was just, it gave me all the feels. And then when I saw the photo, I'm like, oh my God, I love this photo because it's like, it, again, it's going back to that idea that you have this family that you've built and they're all cheering you on. And it was like, I was like, this is so beautiful. I love it. So I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rachel. And I might fangirl over you should we ever meet in person. I apologize in advance. Trust I'm me, that sorry. was the highlight of my year right there. That was like right there, my favorite moment of 2019. So no worries. Well, awesome, ladies. Well, we're coming towards the end of the show. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I have one segment, just the one, um, and it's called Inside the Pinball Arcade. And what we do is we ask you a bunch of questions to find out more about your pinball mind. Are y'all ready? Ooh, yes. Yes, please. All right. So uh, question number one, and we'll start with you, Rachel. What game do you love? I love I love the new Jurassic Park. I know um, it's new and I'm still learning it. And that's probably why I love it right now. I just think the rules on it are so cool and fun and crazy and specific, but yet still inviting for a new player or someone who just is new to pinball and likes dinosaurs. I think it's super great and fun. I can't wait to learn more about it. I love so many pinball machines. There's a yeah. lot I don't love. Um, I love Joker Poker. <laughs> I also love Joker Poker. I'm that a Joker game is poker. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. There's so many. Um, I love all those <laughs> 80s games. I love uh, Grand Lizard a lot. That one's great. Um, oh my goodness! So many. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to pick one. So we'll, it really we'll is. Sorry, I gave you three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rebecca. What game do you love? Well, it's it's definitely uh, I'll, I'll mimic Rachel in terms of like it, it. I'll go through phases where I'll like have a machine that I just absolutely love. Um, I'd say probably my dream machine to like get and own would be you know a Williams Indiana Jones. Um, really fun super game. I have no idea how difficult it would be to keep it working because <laughs> there's so much going on with it, but um that and and say and Circus Voltaire are probably on my list of like if I just had the money, I would drop it in a second to buy one yeah, of Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll come back to that question in a minute. So, yeah. but but yeah, no, it's it's hard to just pick one. It's like which one of my totally. babies do I love? Yeah, no, totally. I I completely agree. All right, Rachel, what game do you hate? I'm not a huge fan of Space Jam. Space Jam, all right, yeah. all right. Not a huge fan of Space Jam. But the thing is, is I love all pinball. So if I were to play Space Jam like for three weeks without playing anything else, I would probably like it. <laughs> yeah. Because every time I have not liked a pinball, it's because I've only played it a handful of times and it just didn't jive with it. But then, then I started to like it. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, completely agree. This is why Popeye has grown on me because I've gotten more opportunity to play it, even though it's like a giant like toilet seat. But I do love that game. I do. <laughs> it's a perfect description of Popeye. Oh my god, it is a yeah. weird big toilet seat. It is a big weird toilet seat. Yeah, but I but I like it. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. So, well, it's its own but, weird little thing. So I could see how yeah. it grow on you, where you're like, okay, this is unlike any other machine I've really played. I can see yeah. it first being like, mm, and then yeah. I'll just give you a couple weeks alone with it, and boom, you like it. That's all yeah. it takes. It's yeah. True, it's true. It, it is my it is my secret shame. So, <laughs> all right, Rebecca, what what game do you hate? I would say if if I were to just off the top of my head, I'd probably pick Wonelli, Big Juicy Melons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't mind PBR. It's not the fun, most interesting thing going on but just the timing and the artwork and the the just the yeah the you know uh cluelessness of the release of that was not fun um but you know some like you know i have a very love-hate relationship with the sort of late 80s gottliebs some of them are amazing like robo wars and tx sector and then you jump on like raven and you're like oh my god this is so boring stupid (laughs) so there's a there's a hit or miss kind of uh, element to like sort of those 80s Gottliebs where you have to like will this one be like this or will it be like that you know so yeah uh, but whoa Nelly is probably on the list of am I allowed to ask what game you hate Oh my God. They're so, um, there's not a ton that I like truly like, like, cause I'm kind of more like you, Rachel. Like if you like with Popeye, I didn't like it the first time I played. I'm like, this is terrible. I can't even see the ball. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of, uh, Stargate, which speaking of, oh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah. I've had to come across that a couple of times in tournament and jokers. Oh yeah. The center ramp jokers thing. Mm, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like ball. I don't like score stealing games. I think are stupid. Like, yeah. You know, we're like, oh, hit this shot and then you'll steal someone else's score. And you're like, oh, that's stupid. I don't like that. Yeah. I've talked about it in the in another episode where I was recapping my like tournament and I was doing awesome and it kind of got in my head a little bit. And then I played Jokers and I'm like, I hate this game. I hate this game so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, currently my, my hate is for uh, Jokers and Stargate. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. It'll shift. They all shift, right? Our hatreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so true. All right. Question number three. What, uh, Rachel, what is your favorite pinball art? Um, I I really like the art on Time Fantasy. Oh, yeah. With that That's snail. With the snail. Like psychedelic snail. The psychedelic snail. Like, it's like a LSD trip. I love it. It's super good. Uh, I, also, it's just like dorky, bright colored mushrooms everywhere. I like Farfalla. I like mm-hmm. Bad Cats. I love the art on oh, Bad Cats. Yeah. That um, is a, a favorite of Danny uh, Peck. She was like, that. that's like her favorite game is Bad Cats. <laughs> or for call-outs, we were talking about Bad Cats a couple episodes ago. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I love the call-outs on Bad Cats and Mousing Around. Yeah. Yeah. I have a list of, of five favorite callouts too that I, I like to think about too. <laughs> We're going to come to that. So hold the, okay. hold those for a second. Okay. Uh, so, so Rebecca, what is your favorite pinball art? I mean, I actually have a, a favorite artist um, from the the late sixties, early seventies. I think his, his name is Christian. Uh, it's Marshy. I believe is his last name. I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. it correctly because I've only read it, um, but he did all the crazy pointy sixties ladies, like from like beatniks and um oh, okay. okay um like uh just also dipsy doodle all those weird super 60s feeling um ladies uh, i really i really like that kind of like psychedelic sort of very era specific like you can it's like future but not future it's it's retro future in a way um that and i um you know of course centaur is amazing and crazy and insane and i i just i love the 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 time and place in which that was a thing that you know i i do feel that that um you know that level of detail and hand work isn't really done so much anymore on pinball machines um which you know even even the crazy like double booped andromeda you know it's the same artist it's just got this so much detail and so much like emotion involved in it. I, I think those are really cool. Yeah. I just don't see that, that 
and I'm not saying that the art that we have today isn't great, but the, you're right. The level of detail, the way that the artists were kind of left free to kind of do their own. Sure, sure. Well, that is just like the idea that, you know, I mean, it wasn't done in a computer, you know, it was, it was done yeah. by hand, you know, everything had to, you know, that the type and everything had to be sort of typeset and, you know, with the, the sort of the old school way of kind of laying things out. Um, it's just, it's, it, it's a very specific time and place. And I would love, um, I do love that, that Stern is kind of going back, you know, into kind of doing some of the more hand-drawn work and with some of the, the artists that they use. Um, um, I would like to see more. No, I think that would be amazing. So excellent, excellent answers, ladies. All right. Number four. And I said it would come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, what is your favorite pinball sound? And this can be call out, music, whatever sound comes from the machine. Um. Well, I love the call out. It's only pinball. Um, <laughs> it's on, only pinball. On Funhouse, because I just say that to myself all the time. Like, it's only pinball. Um, uh, there, there's so many good call outs. That's really so hard. So many good sounds. So many good ones. Um, I feel like I was trying to think about this earlier today, and I thought of more than what I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> I like Twilight Zone call outs because I have a Twilight Zone, and I love when he says, an opportunity awaits in the form of an extra ball. I like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Rebecca, same question. What is your favorite pinball sound? I have I have quite a few. Um, I like the drain on Shack Attack when he goes, hello. <laughs> um, I like the secret trap door on Theater of Magic when he goes, oh, no. He falls down the stairs. Love it. Um, I like Twilight Zone Greed when when you hit one and it goes ching and it goes more. I love that weird <laughs> robot sound. Um, and you know, I mean, like I try not to count the ones that are specifically like you know. Obviously, I'm gonna love Ghostbusters call out because I love Ghostbusters. So he's just like you know, maybe I got a milk bone. I love that, like you cute little pooch. Maybe got a milk bone. <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, you know, Rachel mentioned mousing around. You know, so you want to mouse around. I love that. It's those darn mice. Those darn mice. Um, I love some of the Black Knight call outs. No way. Give me your money. <laughs> I love, I love those. They're so Give funny. Me money. I oh, just God. love it. It's so great. Um, so there's, there's oh, all, wait. um, that one has really good, uh, BGM too. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Yeah, totally. Yes. All right. Question number five, Rachel, what is your favorite festival event to participate in or attend? I would have to say it has to be the Chicago Pinball Expo. Woohoo! Because it was great this year. It's just getting better and better. I had such a great time. Um, yeah, I loved it. I But I love them all. I went out to the Northwest one. That one was such a blast. They had a great women's tournament. They were kind of my inspiration um, as far as bringing a nice women's tournament to Chicago. Same with the Texas TPF Festival. They had a really excellent women's tournament with like 60, I want to say they had 64 players in that tournament. Whew. So many fun pinball. So much fun pinball. Mm-hmm. I love them. Oh. But, it, but I would say Expo now. Expo's yeah. my new fave. Yeah. I'd have to agree. Expo. Agreed. Keeping it home style. I like it's it's home, but also I like that they've got the game halls that are open all night. So if you're the type of person that can stay up till like four in the morning and you just want to like binge out on a machine, you know, mm-hmm. so many times to play the you know, the you're in a like Pinburg, you're so yeah. exhausted. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy Pinburg in a weird BDSM sort of like, you know, <laughs> Agree. Like kills me, but Agreed. you know, I'll probably just different sign up kind for more. of enjoy. It's a totally yeah. different kind of situation. It's like a mental endurance test, you know. Um, but the expo, it's got it's got it all. You know, it's got the great tournament play. Um, it's got really cool games. You get to see new. You know, the the manufacturers come out and bring their best machines. Um, this year, there were a ton of really cool vendors there um, that had some really cool pinball art and um, pinball related, um, you know, uh, mods and things. Um, people will come out with homebrew games. You know, I the first time I ever saw the homebrew Buffy the Vampire Slayer was at Expo. Uh, um, uh, and I was just like, oh, my God, how does this not exist? I love this so much. You know, and lots of the, you know, Pinbot 2.0 and the, the just all the sorts of like, I just feel like it has a really good vibe in terms of bringing not only legit manufacturers, but newer play, newer 
you know, people that are doing homebrew games and new code and, you know, experimenting with the, with the format and with, with what pinball will be in the next, you know, century, I guess. Um, and it's local. So it's like, you know, all my friends are there and, you know, brings out a lot, a really great crowd. Um, this year Elvira was there, which was amazing. Um, I actually made a costume to meet Elvira and that was amazing. She beckoned me from afar and was just like, come here. I need to take a picture with you. And that was just that, you know, I was starstruck and amazing. I can't I believe so I didn't even talk about your costume. Oh my God. I <laughs> host fail oh my god your costume was awesome thank you so much it was just a so dorky fun crazy amazing would would do it again that was my favorite part of expo this year was rebecca's (laughs) costume yeah uh, i will include a picture of rebecca's costume because if you didn't see it it was awesome (laughs) you missed out don't worry it was crazy yeah it was pretty great pretty great All right. So Rebecca, you talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to ask Rachel, Rachel, what is your grail pin? The one pinball machine, either you may own it or the one you want to own more than all the other pinball machines. Oh, um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I would say I really would love a monster bash, I guess. Do you want the original or do you want the re-release? Uh, they're both great. I would probably go for the new one just because it's new, you know, new parts, new brain, easier, hopefully, to take care of. There's some pretty fun bells and whistles on the new one where you can really do crazy things with the settings. Um, mm. So maybe the new one. But there's so many, like, yeah. like Circus Voltaire. They're going to re- redo there. the Cactus Canyon, I think, yeah. and they're going to finish the software oh. on Cactus Canyon because it was never fully finished. That maybe, but I, you know, I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> I would fill a basement. I would yeah. fill a house. Mm-hmm. I would fill up my life. Yeah. I completely understand. So Rebecca, you talked about it a little bit, but what would be your grail pin? Would, would it be the Williams Indiana Jones? You know, I mean, obviously Indiana Jones and Circus Voltaire it's it's kind of a weird one, but you know, because there's only a few of them made. But I really love Varkon, which is that stand up, standing um, sort of a pinball machine in the arcade. And you know, I think they only made ninety of them. So I guess if I'm going to pick a holy grail, I might as well pick one that like barely exists. Um, it's simple and weird, but I just think it's super cool. No, it's I've fun. only seen it in pictures. I've never seen it in person. That that is a that's a pretty good grail. So, all right. It's a pretty it's a pretty fun grail. Now, if I if money were no object, um I would buy a Kiss pinball machine and I would retheme it to be a Prince machine. Well done. Well done. Uh yeah, because yeah. Prince is my jam. I mean. Yes. And I actually I am not a huge fan of Kiss the band. But I really thoroughly enjoy Kiss the Game. It's fun. I think it's pretty fun. It's a fun playing game. Um, you just have to kind of play to Kiss music, which is okay, ah. I guess. You know, I was just having a, a sort of a not an argument, but just a funny back and forth with my with my boyfriend about us. You know, he's talking to somebody about Kiss game, Kiss songs, and he's like, "I don't know any Kiss songs." I'm like, "You probably know more Kiss songs than you <laughs> than you think you do. You play Kiss all the time. I'm sure you know like." 10, 10 songs that you really could care less about, but you know them because you play the, the pinball machine. So, so true. Um, oh my God. That would be, Oh, that would be an amazing retheme. All right. Question number seven, Rachel, who would you most like to play head to head? Um, I have never gotten to play against Danielle Peck and I just want to see her play, man. I just want to watch her play because she's, an amazing player. And that would be really cool. Nice. Nice. She's so nice. She's so funny. And yeah, I, we've never met in person. So she would be a a great person. I would love to watch her play or get a chance to play her. So nice answer. All right, Rebecca, same question. Gosh, it's a hard, it's a hard question. Um, I don't even, I, I mean, I would have to say, you know, probably, See, I want to pick somebody that's really good, you know, like, oh, like, oh, Escher or like, 
you know, Keith or whatever. But I just don't know if I would really have any fun just standing there and watching them kick my ass. So I, I almost feel like it would be fun to play, um, like to play with Lyman or to play against like George Gomez, somebody that, that makes the machines to kind of see how their brain works when they play. I think that would be kind of fun. Um, I also think it would be really fun to play against, you know, some of the more celebrity people that, that really like pinball machines that you find out about where it's just like, Oh, did you know that, you know, Jeffree stars into pinball or something, you know, something kind of like that. It would be kind of fun to play. Um, but slash, Slash, yeah. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Jack Danger just posted pictures of him playing with Cassandra Peterson, and I think it would be really fun to play with Elvira on an Elvira machine. I think that would be that would be pretty cool. Probably one of the best. And she, when I met her, she was so nice and so gracious. And you know, you could just really feel that when when she, when you're in her presence, she's really focusing on you, and she's talking to you, and she's being genuine. Um, and I just think that she would also just be fun to hang out with and just kind of get some stories about what her life is like. Cause it's just interesting. So yeah. Excellent. Excellent choices, ladies. All right. Final question, Rachel, what is your dream theme? This is a theme that has not been produced by a manufacturer, but that you would like to see become a real pinball machine. I see you guys can't see. I see big smiles. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few. I have a few. We have a lot mind. of group opinions in our yeah. group. I really, really want a Parliament Funkadelic pinball. Oh my gosh, that would be, that'd be awesome! Anything, be just there's so much material there. There's so much cool tunes, Bootsy mm-hmm. Collins. I mean, come on, yeah. the Mothership you could have like a giant Mothership. That would be like my dream. I think. Yeah, that that is amazing. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. Rebecca, same question. That's really hard to follow. <laughs> Parliament is oh, pretty good. Right. I've got a few. I've got a few. I think uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse would be an amazing pinball machine. I was a huge fan of that growing up, and I and I, and he's got the Rube Goldberg. I mean, he he lives in a pinball machine. I think it would be perfect. Um, I think a Muppets pinball machine oh, would be super fun. I love the Muppets. I'm surprised they haven't done that. You know, with this whole thing, they, yeah. they're always going for these nostalgia themes. And to me, that would kind of, you know, it's kid friendly. People love it. It's, you know, kind of that 70s nostalgia. Yeah. And I love the Muppets. Absolutely. The Muppets. Yeah. I think it would be great. Um, I mean, some of the other obvious ones, you know, we, we've never had a Tim Burton one, you know, so like a Beetlejuice would be super cool and fun yeah. and weird. And only if they get Danny Elfman music, though, it's not Beetlejuice unless you get that that Danny Elfman music. Um, Agree. And, and of course, you know, if you're going to do a music pinball, you know, a, a David Bowie machine would be amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I second Rachel with the Funkadelic. That would be so cool. I think it would be really cool to have a little bit more diversity in our music pinball. Um, maybe not six-year-old white dudes, you know, yes. some other music, the other music exists and other, other players have money. They could also purchase pinball machines yeah. and, you know, widen that demographic a little bit. So I'm fine with classic rock. I like classic rock, but that's the only music pins they make. Let's see. We've got, you know, Funkadelic, Prince, Bowie. Karen Kaiser talked about doing an ABBA machine, which I was like, I would love ABBA. Oh, my God. Um, I I really love Madonna. So I would love, like, there to be a Madonna pin. And I'm like, why aren't you, like, doing these? I don't think they're overly girly or whatever. Um, Everybody loves this music. Obviously, they've sold millions of records. Uh, Yeah. I mean. Fleetwood Mac would be a funny, weird, cool one, you know? See, y'all are going to join my sisters from another mr club because fleetwood mac is my jam that's why i'm like you know everybody's like classic rock and i was like i really like fleetwood mac and i'm like can we have a, a stevie nick you know multi-ball kind of witchy thing going on it'd be really cool so yeah, yeah. or even like a heart machine i went to, recently oh, saw heart. They're so great you know and they, they kind of check the boxes you know they're they're classic rock they you know they're they're in the hall of fame like they're huge success stories but they're also women you know because there's not a lot of females on you know like female role model kind of style you know i'm not talking about all the the super sexy ladies that are on a lot of pinball machines um but you know something a little bit more 
you know, rock. Yeah, like to me, like if you were going to try to, you know, reach that kind of, you know, hey, we want to kind of skew a bit more female. Heart to me is great. I think they're amazing musicians and then their catalog is so big. Like people don't realize how long they were to have been together and producing music. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I could get down on some multi-ball to Barracuda. Song for multi ball, you know, like totally, like just yes, please. That would be great. Oh my goodness. Oh, these are all great answers. You guys have been so much fun. Oh my god, we've gone a little over, but it's all right. This is going to be like the bonus size episode. Uh, because we had the two, well, there's two of us, exactly. It is like a double episode. Um, you know, uh, for if they want to, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you guys? Are you guys on Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing? Yeah, so we both are uh, in charge of the Bells and Chimes Chicago. So we have a Facebook page. You could like the Bells and Chimes Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually where you could get all the information to get to us is Bells yeah. and Chimes Facebook, Bells and Chimes Chicago Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, if you guys are in the Chicagoland area and want to find out more about these two awesome ladies, go check them out. Um, they're such cool people. And again, thank Aww, you guys so much you. for coming on the show. So much fun. I, You're so great. Oh, thank you. I, and I, we could talk about pinball for hours. So, you know, <laughs> I know that's why I'm like, I'm only going to be an hour. Like I, I like make sure there's structure to the show. Cause it's like, I really could go on for hours. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. It could definitely be done. Oh my goodness. Oh, again, thank you so much, you guys. Um, Listeners, if you like what you're hearing, if you have any comments, if you have suggestions, please feel free to write into the show, backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you go to the website, there's swag. I talked about it a couple episodes ago. Also have the Patreon. If you like what you're hearing, you can sponsor the show. Um, help me, you know, pay for dog food and all the other stuff that goes along because I got to keep Delilah quiet. Um, but Uh, Again, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Listeners, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. And keep flipping. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping!